Hello, everybody. It's Graham Cuff with another Mind Music. I hope you're all excited for Friday, for, for, for Friday, because, you know, it's the best day of the week. It's, you know, before all of the fun of the weekend starts. If you're going to a gig this weekend, do let us know where you're going, uh, who you're going to see. That would be great. We'd love to know. In a minute, I'm going to be speaking to Max here. Uh, but first, let's have this little video from Analog Trash. Enjoy. There you go. As the video says, uh, you know, support independent musicians, get involved because that's what it's all about. You know, they can only succeed if you actually spend a bit of money uh, and give you give of your time and money to independent music. That's absolutely right, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Especially time. Just any time or energy or focus goes a long way. So important. So important. How are you and where are you coming from today? I'm good, thank you. And I am in Northamptonshire. So Lovely. middle of nowhere really, but nice and nice and quiet and peaceful today. Is it the fairly flat part of Northamptonshire? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you see, I know well, I'm I'm a Bedford boy, born and bred. Okay. Um, I live down in Somerset now, but yeah, so like drove through Northamptonshire loads and loads of time. And lots of people go, that's the whole boring part of the country because it's really yeah. flat. It's just landlocked, it's flat yeah. there's not a lot going on but yeah where's my where uh, I'm, I'm going off piece from the questions that i sent you already but where where is most of your music scene happening for you is it i mean is it actually around there or is it more towards london it's more towards london there's not loads of opportunities or like a big music scene in Northampton. it's definitely getting bigger but kind of oxford way and then London kind of split half and half. I love Oxford. Mm. It, it, Oxford's a lovely place. But London, obviously, I, I think, especially with your your kind of music, probably yeah. got the it's music scene. Place to be it. still. Yeah. So, listen, tell us a bit more about your musical journey. Uh, what, what started your real interest in taking music seriously? Mm. Well, I've always played music since I was young. I started learning guitar when I was five and just wow. enjoyed playing music from there. And I would always sing to myself. I would always, you know, kind of know like, oh, I've got, kind of got an okay voice, but I just had no confidence. I remember growing up as well, I would, I would like start singing to myself, you know, doing little kind of karaoke's in my room. And there were times where I thought, okay, this actually sounds okay. So I'd invite my parents in to listen, but they had to sit at the other end of the room and face the wall they couldn't look at me because the confidence just wasn't there can i just say that is the scariest audience any artist will ever have in their life isn't that right yeah right? i'm not being funny i've played fairly large gigs i've played i've played reasonably small gigs in a pub or whatever but sitting at home with your parents watching is just 
the most terrifying? The smaller gigs tend to be the scarier ones, especially when it's people you know, people you're close to, because it's just so much more intimate. So even, you know, growing up, I was like, you can you can listen, but you have to look away. And then as soon as I'm done, you have to leave the room. That's it. We, we don't oh, talk about it. You, I love you just, that. Just go. But as anyone, I, else, anyone else in your family sing, though? Anyone else join in with you? Not really, no. I come from a musical family in a sense that my mum played piano, my sister learned piano and violin, um, my great-grandma, she played violin. So there's elements there, but nobody else really sings. And I yeah. think it was just a case of gaining confidence for me. I was kind of not forced into it, but I remember in secondary school, um, I had a friend who would beatbox and we used to mess about in class and not not listen to the maths maths sorry, lesson sorry, going teacher. on. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but he decided we should have a bet. We should both make YouTube channels and wow. upload videos for a month and see who got the most followers. I think the bet was for £10. I never well, got that £10, actually. But you so won. I won, so I got the yeah. most views, most subscribers in a month, and I never got that £10. But I got something a lot more valuable, to be fair, so I'll I'll let him off with the £10. Yeah, because... but what, what's his name? Um, Alex. Alex, if you're watching, though, you do actually owe Meg's £10. Yeah, right? I'll, um, I'll uh, send you my bank details when... Yeah, or, or next or next time you say, you know, just buy her a coffee, because that's probably about 10 quid's worth these days yeah. anyway. <laughs> but, no, I got more than £10, because I got confidence in actually doing it. People were actually watching and saying, oh, my God, you you can actually really sing. Like, why don't you why don't you do this? And it just gave me a lot more confidence. And you've got the confidence now in terms of performing. Yeah. We were talking literally just before we came on about the fact that I said, I ought to teach some musicians how to do this mm. because nobody teaches you how to, how to do this. But I guess having your own YouTube channel and starting that at an early age, that would have helped with this as well. You know, talking in front of camera. Yeah. Are, are there any bits that you're still finding your feet with uh, in terms of maybe like the promotion, the social media, you know, yeah. having your photo taken all the time. Hit the nail on the head there. It's definitely the, the social media. I'm, I, you know, I can post on social media. I'm honest. I'm upfront. I know what kind of things I want to post, but I know that I'm not necessarily consistent enough for how kind of the media and the music industry wants artists to be. And I try and be open, but not, so open about my personal life that everyone knows everything so i think it's just kind of finding that that sweet spot in the middle do you know what though i have a big problem with that right that that, that and you know you're not the first young artist that has said that to me the way that we're meant to do this but the thing is and it's a bit like i say this to because i coach people in social media it's yeah. a bit like this on any platform if you do it the same as everybody else is doing it you're not being you. No, exactly. Yeah, there's a fine line there between actually sort of following a formula, but then standing out. Yeah. And actually being seen as the person that's doing this. Mm. You know? And it's finding that niche that is the difficult part. Yeah, sometimes it's just about finding like a little 
thing that you do that you enjoy doing that nobody else is doing yeah and but it's being consistent with it and just yeah. doing it over and over again yeah um your debut ep film i love explored a lot of forms of love which is always lovely a, a lot of people that come on talk about uh love and they're exploring love at the moment in their songs mm. but um what what inspired you to follow that theme well i think in society and the music industry in general we put kind of romantic love romantic relationships on such a pedestal that we don't really focus on any other types of love or you know we don't think about how complex love actually is all the aspects of what it means to love and be loved and how complex that can be I think it's important to focus on all the different types of love whether that's you know self-love or love that you have for your friends or your family or passions that you have so I think it's just important to show people especially growing up especially teenagers you know those years when you're going into secondary school and things and everyone's it's all about romantic love and that's the be all and end all romantic love obviously can be lovely but there's a lot more yeah I suppose years ago I mean we used to be a more religious society Mm -hmm. I mean a lot of us would have maybe brought up in a in the a church background or whatever and we yeah. you know things like the bible will talk about like you know was it is it eight different types of love etc but so, and yeah. you know you'd learn that right but these days it's just like love just gets thrown out there like you know yeah. on, on the front of a, a card yeah <laughs> exactly and it's just we don't really think about or speak about the different types of love or the way that people like to be loved or love languages and all that sort of thing. So I think it's important to teach that, to speak out about that. And it also kind of ties in with like mental health as well. It's so important that we speak out about these kind of things and let people know that they're not the only ones that might be feeling down. It's also important to talk about, you know, the downsides of love, the hard, the hard parts. Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually that, that, ties into what I was going to ask you about next because you've been actively involved in a lot of social courses as well Mm -hmm. um you know and to me that's an extension of talking about love isn't it because that's love within a community and understanding the broader community do you want to tell us a little bit more about how you've been actively involved yeah well I community is just very important to me in general whether that's being part of a community or creating community and Yeah, activism is very important to me and it it feeds into a lot of the things that I do, especially during the pandemic when we're all kind of stuck inside and that sense of community was lost. And not only did we have that to deal with, but we had all of the terrible, you know, police brutality incidents going on that was just made everything even heavier. And... So I wanted to, you know, do something, make a difference and create something to kind of bring people together and feel a sense of community. I wonder whether we'd lost that in society for a while. I felt that we kind of had that at a point when I was growing up. Yeah. I I certainly felt that there was there was a period in time, especially around music as well, where Mm. we had Live Aid, we had, you know, free Nelson Mandela, the concert and whatever. Do you know what I mean? There was a whole 
lot of movements where we thought we were fighting and we were changing the world. And then we seem to go into a period of apathy. Yeah. <laughs> where we were like, just like, well, maybe we can't do it. And, you know, maybe we should just leave it up to the politicians. Do you think mm -hmm. we're moving back towards a period where, you know, the arts in particular can re are really moving that along? I think so, yeah. And I think, I think it's always been difficult on both parts. I don't think there's been a time where in the arts people haven't been focused on social causes or raising awareness for things. I think it just hasn't been the forefront in society. So even though, you know, behind the scenes within the arts and the entertainment industry, people are still very socially driven and want to create that sense of community. We haven't been able to, whether that's to do with the pandemic or funding or just other things going on in society that are placed with a higher value. Yeah. Yeah. Some people who are, who are cynical might say that, you know, the kind of double kick in the teeth of Brexit and then, mm. you know, COVID or whatever may, may have been politically driven um, in some shape or form in order yeah. to, to, to push the arts down. It certainly didn't do the arts any good, did it? No, it didn't. But I think we came back with a vengeance and fought our way through it. Yeah, good. Absolutely. I mean, what, what, in your view, what's the best thing that people can do to, to help in those causes? I mean, is is it come out um, to, to gigs and support and, and get, get involved practically? What, what do you want to see people do? Definitely. And I think people... I think people get confused when you say about supporting upcoming artists and they're thinking, oh, they want me to buy all this merch or do all this. It's not that. It's literally as simple as, you know, if you're posting something on Instagram or TikTok and you think, oh, I could put a song with this, but I don't really know what song. Put a song of somebody that, um, an upcoming artist that you know, because it actually does so much. So even just, you know, buying a ticket and coming down to a gig or letting your friends know you might see a gig that I have in London, but you're from Northampton, Oxfordshire, and you can't make it. But you know someone who lives in London. So you let them know. It's literally as simple as that. Just word of mouth, just speaking to people and just putting things out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it is just about sharing, sharing yeah. of information, sharing of community, building community. I mean, we we've started doing a, another thing other than this on a on a weekly basis where i've got uh bands and artists talking to each other live on instagram mm. and we're beginning to build a community there and it's brilliant i think it's you know because you don't know what you don't know at the end exactly. of the day and it's it's empowering when people come together and go oh yeah actually well i know someone in the music scene here in manchester and I know someone in London and actually I could actually put you in touch with mm. that person. We and can... it's so easy in the music industry to kind of take that competitive stance and take that as they're my competition. They're the people that I'm up against in the music industry when actually they're people that are exactly the same as you in the same position. You might have a really good contact that for you isn't that relevant, but for them could make the world of difference to their career. Yeah. There's, I just find that there's so much gatekeeping in the music oh, industry. Oh, talk to me about it. Even doing these interviews, my friend, there's so much gatekeeping. I've spoken to some, I've spoken to some fairly big artists behind the scenes who have said, mm -hmm. I want to come and do your interview because 
you ask great questions and you don't just ask me what flavor biscuit I want. And then management or PR company have said no. And mm. that person's only doing one interview and it's got to be here. And you just think, why? Why yeah. are you why are you doing that? You can't don't put your artist on some kind of pedestal which they yeah. don't want to be sat on. Exactly. It's just That's... even, you know, the whole industry, the whole system, the way it's set up, even, you know, radio, getting radio play. There's a lot of radio stations or presenters that won't take a song unless you have a radio plugger. And it's kind of like that gatekeeping of, well, the radio plugger is not going to do, you know, they have more experience and they have more contacts, but they're not going to do too much different. They're still pitching the same song that I would be. Yeah, well, yeah. this is what I love about it. Independent artists rising up together. And I, I have seen in this last year or so, I've been really encouraged by seeing some of the stuff that's been going on on social media where um, we've seen some independent artists mm. uh, without record labels or whatever or, or, or on their own labels uh, getting high in the, the album charts or whatever. And it's because other independent artists have said, good on you, go on, we're, we're yeah. going to get behind your campaign and whatever as well. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I think definitely. that's entirely how it should be. Definitely. There we go. You can get me passionate about that. <laughs> Outside of uh, music and activism, though, what, what are you passionate about? It still kind of feeds into all the same things. I'm passionate about, you know, helping other people, and that comes in different ways. I work for the NHS and just things like supporting my friends and family, spending time with them means a lot. And just writing in different, in lots of different forms, whether it's music and lyrics or whether it's just journaling or writing poetry or spoken word. I just enjoy writing. We've got uh, Claire Wilkins saying that, uh, interesting, I agree with the point you're making. When I was presenting, I was willing to plug any songs. Well, yes. Unfortunately, that's getting taken away from a lot of presenters, mm. though. They can only play what's on a playlist. And it, yeah, and it's not the presenter's decision or their fault. It's just how the way the yeah. industry is going. I, I, having worked in radio, sometimes I've sat like that. Because, you know, that, absolutely. Thank you, Andrew, for your comment. Uh, yeah, business should not stand in the way of talent. 100%. Yeah. Boom. Yes, but it does. But we can do something about it. We can actually put uh, money and support in the hands of the, the artists that we actually truly love and we can mm. elevate them in that way. And we just have to do that. We have to put exactly. behind it. Do you, do you think streaming's played a little bit of a, I mean, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. It's great. It gets us out there. It's allowed a really easy distribution model. But at the same time, people think consumers have got a little bit lazy because they just think that you know they can just shout at the thing in the corner and music emits from it yeah but actually they don't think about how that music's got in there <laughs> yeah i don't think a lot of people who purely just listen to music aren't involved in kind of making music i don't think they understand the process that goes behind it a lot of my friends and my family have seen me kind of on this journey in my career and said to me i never realized just how much went into it it's not just writing a song recording it and then putting it out into the world and that it's there it goes to number one there's so much more behind it and managers and labels are so focused on numbers 
streaming numbers, social media followers, your monthly yep. listeners. All it's the way not through. a case of all the way through. Absolutely. If the first question any PR company will ask me is how many streams have you got for this? How many followers have you got for that? So it's, it, and that's what they're asking artists all the time. And it's that um, it's that cycle of being an independent artist, not having the numbers that the label manager, whoever it is, wants you to have, <clears throat> but knowing that you make good music, knowing that it's a good song. But the only way to get those numbers up is to have the support of a manager or a label and like, you know, get a push that way. But you can't until you have the numbers and then you get stuck in that that cycle. Oh, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is, folks, the best thing you can do is if your favourite artist is, or someone that you really love their music of, um, if you're, don't just stream their song on, on Spotify or whatever, follow them on Spotify. Yeah add their song to a playlist, share it with other people, tell other people to follow that artist because as those numbers stack up, yeah. that helps that artist. That is such a simple thing to do. Exactly. And it it doesn't have to be, you know, if you can't afford to come to a gig, obviously coming to a gig is an amazing way to support an independent artist. But if you haven't got the money or, you know, you're not available on those dates, literally just sharing in a group chat, sharing a link to whether it's the gig or the music, in a group chat because that's how you grow your audience and for it. me personally i'd much rather have a small community of listeners that actually listen to the music that actually take something from the music rather than just have it on in the background and i've got millions of streams but nobody's kind of actively listening no, I totally agree. Listen, folks that's entirely what whatsapp's for it's not for anything else in life it's literally just for getting your favourite music shared, right? You've, you've heard that first here. Uh, what kind of live performer would you say you are? Um, I love performing live. After kind of writing music, that's my second favourite part of being a musician, being an artist. A lot of people ask me, do, I, do you get nervous when you go on stage? Do you get nervous when you perform? And it really is the opposite way around. I suffer with anxiety and I am so much more nervous and anxious in everyday situations talking to the salesperson in a shop than I am on stage I walk on stage and it it feels like home it feels like that's where that's I'm where meant to be in. and that's the time I feel the least anxious so it's actually for you it's you know the moment you walk off stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The moment I walk off stage and I've I've still got all that adrenaline. And a group of people come around you and it's like... and then you know, yeah, while the adrenaline's high, still like mixing with those people, and then as it comes down towards the end of the night, I'm like, okay, I need to just I need to just go to bed now. Like that's that's enough for me. But I feel like I'm a very energetic and expressive performer. I want it to be a whole I don't want it to just be you turn up and you know, you listen to a song and there's a bit of a break you're thinking about this talking about this I want it to be you come and you feel a sense of community you feel like you're in a safe space that's accessible to everyone and you just forget about everything else and you can just kind of live through this show I want it to be a show rather than just a collection of songs yeah no absolutely uh now I like that comment Jim like any business they want someone that has 20 years experience 10 million followers and they've just left school <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. it's that, it's that things whole thing. Don't add up. Don't add up. You need 20 years of experience. But to get 20 years of experience, you need to have 20 years of experience to get the job. It is literally like that. I'm going to give you a song. Um, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, I could do, but I'm not going to. Um, and it's it's probably not your kind of music either, but but I'll, I'll leave it with you so that you can go and listen to it afterwards um, and just take away the message. It's called Believers, and it's by a band called Marillion. Um, it's quite a grown-up song, but actually it's about that whole experience of what happens when you go away, you tour, you, you, you're you on stage every night, and then you come back, and that kind of experience for the people you leave behind and then what it's like when you have to re-enter a real world. Yeah. It's a great song to listen to because it's from people that have done it for years. And, yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting, it's a mind warp, really. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. This is oh, just blown by. But before you go, tell us uh, any upcoming projects, releases, etc., that you've got going on. Yes, so we, yes, people can yesterday. do the thing that we've talked about. Support. Exactly. Share them, support. I actually announced yesterday that my second EP is going to be coming out towards the end of September. It's available to pre-save now. And that's another thing. I don't think people realise the value of pre-saving. If you pre-save a song, it kind of shows algorithms shows spotify shows of people that okay like people are excited for this they're ready for this release so they want to do more for it to do more for you to do more for those people so pre-saving it has a real effect um yeah, i've also got a gig friday the 29th of september in london where i'm going to be performing the ep for the first time so if you're free i am gutted because you said come along and i would have if I if I wasn't in Bristol watching Ellie Dixon, um, who I'm not going to blame for that, it's my fault. Um, <laughs> but I would be there. Yeah, we need to get we need to get you to Bristol. By the way, we do need to get yeah, you to Bristol. Love to. I just think Bristol Bristol would be your kind of your outside of London. I think Bristol would yeah. be your kind of music scene. To be honest, yeah, as well. I'll go. I'll go anywhere. Uh, promoters, if you're listening especially promoters around Bristol. Um, what are you waiting for? Simple as that. I'm going to be, I'm actually going to be contacting some of you soon to see if we can organise that. All right. Great. We're going to try and make that happen. Lovely. Megs, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you so much having for having a little me. chat. It's flown by. It has. Half an hour, <laughs> just boom, like that. Um, folks, what she said, if you've enjoyed this today, please share with your friends not for me i don't care uh about me i'm a, that, that's it i'm you know i'm long in the tooth but for the young artists that come on they do need your support so please share so that they can get their message out there and people can start following them that's marvelous all of the people that have commented today please go and support mix go and follow her on the platforms as well and uh, if you've enjoyed this then do subscribe just so that more people can see these interviews 200 and and we're nearly at 280 interviews now. I'm going for a world record, by the way, Megs. Uh, if I'm going to be the most uh, prolific interviewer of musicians on Spotify by the end of the year, that is going to happen. More I look interviews forward than anybody to seeing, else. seeing the results. Yeah, it's going to happen. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone for today. We'll see you soon. Thank Bye you so now. much. Bye-bye.